Thank you for listening to this podcast from Monclova Road Baptist Church. For more information about this message and the ministries of Monclova Road Baptist Church, please visit monclovabaptist.org. Acts chapter number one. We're going to we're going to study something here today that's exciting. It really truly is exciting. You know, we've been studying the last several weeks, all summer long, matter of fact, we started in the beginning of summer, we've been studying the end times, end time prophecy. And a lot of times when you study the end time prophecy, it can get pretty uh, 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 intense. You talk about the judgments of these last three weeks, we've talked about the tribulation. That doesn't even sound like fun, does it? The tribulation. That's when... The Antichrist comes and sets up his kingdom and, and, and rules for seven years during the tribulation period. He causes a peace with Israel. And in three and a half years into this peace, he breaks that treaty, that peace treaty with Israel. And Israel then uh, becomes persecuted and all the armies of the earth go after Israel. That peace deal is finished and done. And then Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ comes and he saves Israel. We've been studying this. You know, for us as Christians, if we look at the way the world's going, boy, this, this last week, these last week and a half, really, it's been difficult for our country and this world, hasn't it? It just seems like violence and hatred. It seems like just racism. It just seems like people uh, are, are hateful toward each other. I mean, how can you do things that people in this world are doing to other human beings? If we're not careful, it can seem hopeless. Have you ever thought that it would be a good idea to pack up your family and go find the backside of a mountain where nobody's at and find like a little cabin and grow a little garden and have a few emus, I mean, have some things to eat and, 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 and just live there with just your family and nobody else? How many of you think sometimes, sometimes that sounds like a plan? Yeah. I want to ask how many of you think all the time that sounds like a plan. Because you see, you turn the news on and you say, what is this world becoming? And no longer is it, you know, halfway around the world. It's right here. The, the fellow that drove that car in Charlottesville, when I looked on the news, and, and um, I like when the word Monclova gets out into the news, but not when the Monclova apartments or whatever he lived in, you know, from Maumee, that's not the way we want to give our, get our township and our, 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 where we live out into the national news. And no longer is it halfway around the world, it's our neighbors. It's our country. And we can look and we could say, what is this world coming to? The changes that we've uh, studied, the global changes that we've studied in the previous weeks leading up to this week, they include the horrific judgments of the tribulation. But I want you to know today that all of those are precursors to the one glorious event. And that glorious event is what we're going to study today, the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ. If you're saved today, there's hope. That hope, his name is Jesus Christ. The world is spiraling out of control. It seems like every day it just gets worse and worse. And this is what we know from the Bible is going to happen. 
But I want to assure you that every single thing the Bible says about end time prophecy, about how bad the world is going to get, how much people are going to hate, the rise of the Antichrist, the tribulation period, the wrath of God, all of those things are true. And all of those things we need to know and we need to study. But it doesn't end there. It also goes into what we're going to study today. Jesus Christ, he's coming again. And that ought to cause us to say, amen, praise Lord, hallelujah, in any other word we want to say that can be said in church. The second coming of Christ. See, as Christ left earth at the close of his first advent, an angel promised his, his, his astonished disciples a second advent. And that is found in Acts chapter 1, verse number 10 and verse number 11. The Bible says this, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jesus, the one that uh, uh, you followed, the one that called you to become a disciple, the one that you saw heal the sick, the one you saw that, that the blind were, were made to see, the deaf were made to hear, the lame were able to walk, the same Jesus that you saw crucified, the same Jesus that rose from the dead, the same Jesus that you walked with after he rose from the dead, that same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven is promised this, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Right there, if there was no other verse in the Bible that showed us that Jesus was coming again, that was sufficient enough. That can be understood by even a child. The same way he went is the same way he's coming back. He went up to heaven and he's coming back down to earth. Jesus Christ is coming again. In the same physical, literal way that Jesus ascended, he's coming again. And Bible scholars have counted in the Bible more than 1,400 references. Some 1,480 references to the second coming of Christ. So it's not like we just have one that we're holding to. From the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, in Jesus himself, he promised that he was coming again. Now, right now, isn't it good to know that the Jesus that we worship, the Jesus that we have trusting in for salvation, that, that, that he's coming again? He's coming to this earth. He's going to rule and reign. The Old Testament prophets foretold of this event. And I'm going to have a lot of scripture today and if you'll just maybe write these references down and you can read them off the screen here, but we're going to be in, in a lot of different scripture today, so hang tight here. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. I bring your attention again to this first verse, the first part of this verse, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. He is going to stand once again here upon this earth. His feet are going to touch this earth. Jesus himself prophesied of his second coming. It's not just Zechariah or, uh, or an Old Testament prophet that foretold of this event. Jesus himself said, I am coming again. When he descended or when he described the tribulation to his disciples, he did not just leave out 
uh, uh, just, just, this, the, just talk about the tribulation, he also gave the grand finale as well. And look with me in Matthew 24, in these two verses, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. The moon shall not give her light. I'm not describing tomorrow. Everyone get, get, here we go. And the stars shall fall from heaven. See, the stars aren't falling tomorrow that we know of. Powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the signs of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Here Jesus himself is describing how he's coming back. He says all of these things are going to take place. And the things that we've studied about the tribulation are going to take place. And judgment's going to come. And God's wrath is going to come. And the sun, the moon, the stars, the things that the Bible prophesied are going to come to pass. And all of those things are going to come to pass. And then Jesus says, but that's not the end. Don't you worry. Don't you fear. There's something that's going to happen. He said the son of man is going to come in the cloud of heaven but this time when he comes he's coming with great power and with glory students of philosophy sometimes they grapple with specific timing of the rapture what I've taught and what I believe and what our church here has taken a a uh, belief in over over the years and in our doctrinal statement here of our church is that we believe in the pre-trib rapture, meaning what we have taught, that Jesus Christ is going to uh, uh, come. He's going to rapture his church out. We're going to meet him in the clouds. From that time, then the Antichrist is going to set up his kingdom here upon this earth, and that is the time of the tribulation. So we believe that we will be raptured out before the tribulation period. During that seven-year uh, tribulation period, uh, some, some have different uh, uh, ideas, uh, even of the events of the tribulation period. But no Bible-believing Christian has ever questioned the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible's so clear on that. The Bible gives us such specific scripture. It's overwhelming details regarding Christ's return. Jesus promised this. He will return personally. Jesus promised he will return in person. Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. We will see him. They will see him. He is coming back in person. Jesus also said this. He'll appear as the Son of Man. Since the Pentecost, Christ has ministered through the Holy Spirit. But when he returns, he is going to appear as the Son of Man in his glorified human form. Right now, we don't see Jesus. If you said to me, Jesus came and visited me last night, I would say to you, you have some problems. He doesn't come and he doesn't uh, come and, 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 and visit with you. He said this, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit of God. The moment that you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God came and he indwells you. Jesus Christ is not walking here upon this earth. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for you and for me. And every time I have a, a request, I go in the name of Jesus Christ and he goes to the Father and he's interceding for me on my behalf. Where is Jesus right now? Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. But one day he's waiting. He's waiting just as a groom is waiting for their bride. Just a couple weeks ago, I married a couple here. 
And uh, Derek was his name, and, and Alyssa, we were, uh, she, she was in the back there, and, and uh, I was in this closet over here, this area with Derek, and, and uh, just before it started, I said, so Derek, have you seen her today? And he says, no, I haven't. And uh, I said, did you talk to her today? He says, I haven't. I said, do you think you, you're excited about seeing her? He says, oh, I'm very excited about seeing her. And so we were back here, and it got time for us to go out, and I said, what are you going to do if she doesn't show up? <laughs> I said, um, she might not be as excited about seeing you as you are about seeing her. He got a little nervous. He says, you don't think that'll happen? I said, I don't know. Her dad might have paid her to talk her out of this. You might be in trouble. He said, could you do me a favor? I said, yeah. He said, could you take a peek? He was dead serious. He said, could you, could you find out? I got him a little nervous. I said, no, we'll be fine. They already paid me, so I know I'll be fine. No, I didn't say that. We walked out here. We, the music started to play, and we walked and stood right here, and all these girls were coming down. He didn't bat an eye at any of them. All his guys were coming down. He didn't bat an eye at any of them. A little boy came down with a little pillow. No big deal. He stood there. Little girl came down with flowers. He stood there. All of a sudden, this girl appeared in the back. And the music started to play. And she started walking up this aisle. And he started to sweat. He looked at her. And I could hear his heart thumping from way over there. He was excited. Why was he excited? Because he was about ready to take his bride. He was about ready to meet his bride. And from that day forward, they are going to be together forever. He said, I do. And she said, I do. And it's forever. Oh, listen to me. I believe that Jesus Christ, it's the same thing. He's waiting every day. He's waiting. He's anticipating. Only the Father knows the day or the hour. Jesus Christ is anticipating. Can I go get my bride? Can I go get my bride? Can I go get my bride? And the Father says, it's all in my timing. I've got a plan. You've got to trust me. And just as the, the, the Jesus is there at the right hand of the Father, anticipating one day to see his bride, the Holy Spirit of God right now, he's the one that's ministering to us. He's the one that comforts you. He's the one that helps you. He's the one that's encouraging you. But there's coming a day, John 14, 6 through 18, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you, and I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He said, you got the Holy Spirit for a while, but don't worry, I'm coming. Yet a little while in John 14, 19, and 20, yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also at that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us? 
and not unto the world. And Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Here Jesus again is saying, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. I've ascended into heaven. I sit at the right hand of the father. The Holy Spirit of God is there to help you while I'm not present. But there's coming a day where I'm coming again. The Bible tells us this, he will return literally and visibly. In Acts 1, verse number 11, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. I like it when the Bible says this same Jesus. You know what that means? There is no other. He's not entrusting us with anyone else. It's not an angel. It's not someone else. It's Jesus himself. Jesus said that he is coming again. Just as he left, he's coming again. Revelation chapter one, verse number seven said, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. We're reminded from Jesus himself, John pens it as he pens the book of Revelation. He said, Jesus is coming again in the clouds and every single eye is going to see them. Even those that have rejected them, those that have pierced him, everyone's going to see Jesus this time when he comes the bible tells us he's going to come in the clouds of heaven in matthew 24 verse 30 again we read and then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn as they see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power in glory daniel chapter 7 daniel an old testament prophet he prophesied he said this i saw in the night visions and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him luke 21 verse number 27 the bible goes on to say if we've not read enough the bible continues to tell us about jesus christ coming back in the clouds and they shall see the son of man coming in the cloud with power and great glory revelation chapter 1 verse number 7 the bible says behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they shall which pierced him and all kindred of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen we find this as well he will come in the display of glory the first time he came he came as a servant the first time he came he came as a lamb to slaughter the first time he came he came and he and, and, and he came to the cross the first time he came he came and he was crucified the first time he came they nailed him to a tree the first time they came they took his life the first time they came they placed him in the grave but the second time that jesus comes he's coming with great power and with great authority Bible says in Matthew 16 27 for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father which is with his angels and then he shall reward every man according to his works Matthew 24 30 again and then shall appear the signs of heaven, uh, the son of man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds in heaven with great power and glory the Bible tells us this that when he comes again after the tribulation, Jesus Christ is coming. All the armies, we'll see in just a moment, all the armies of the earth are going to position themselves in the battle of the Armageddon. The battle of Armageddon, all the, the Antichrist and all of his armies, they think, they think that they are going to defeat Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ, though, is going to come again. And this time, we're going to see him coming with his angels. In Matthew 24, 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. In Matthew 13, 41, The Son of Man shall ascend forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend, and them which do iniquity. We find he's coming with his angels. We find this, he will come with his bride, the church. Colossians 3, 4, the Bible says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then ye shall also appear with him in glory. Zechariah, an Old Testament prophet, he's prophesying of this day. He says this, and ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled before the earthquakes in the days of Isaiah, king of Judah, and the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. He's coming again. The Bible also tells us this, he's going to return to the Mount of Olives where he will plant his feet, Zechariah 14.4, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. The Bible also tells us this, where the glory of God ascended into heaven, it's going to return. Where the glory of God ascended into heaven, it will return. Ezekiel, an Old Testament prophet, he prophesied of this, and the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood upon the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. Jesus ascended into heaven. And he's going to return. Again, we look back at our text verse here today in Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. And we had spoken these things while they beheld. He was taken up with a cloud received out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him in heaven, where Jesus ascended, he's coming back. See, all through scripture, we find Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. He will return this time in triumph and victory. Zechariah once again says, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord in his name one. Listen, this time when Jesus comes, there's going to be no confusion on who Jesus is. There'll be no confusion on who the Messiah is. There'll be no other kings. There'll be other, no other lords. This time when Jesus comes, he is going to come in glory and in triumph and he is going to come and he will reign upon this earth. And Zechariah says, in that day shall there be one Lord in his name one. Revelation 19, 6, John is writing and he pens these words and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written and on that name that was written it said this in bold, in, 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 in letters, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Listen to me, he's not just a king, he's the King of Kings. He won't just be a Lord, he is the Lord of Lords. When Jesus Christ comes again, he will come Come victorious and there'll be none greater than him. The Bible tells us this, that he is going to triumph over the Antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan. Now, during the time of the tribulation, we find, and we've heard over these last several weeks as we've studied, we've studied the Antichrist and the false prophet. They are going to only come, and there's only going to be a short period of time that they rule, that's seven years. But Satan, 
Satan has battled mankind since the beginning of mankind. I mean, all the way back in the garden when God made man to worship him, Satan sought to mess it up. He sought to destroy mankind. He, he got mankind to, to sin. He tempted mankind. You know, ever since that time, he has constantly tried to disrupt God in his redemptive plan with mankind. God's desire is to fellowship with you. Satan's desire is to disrupt that. Oh, Satan puts things in front of us, temptations of the flesh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. He puts things in, in front of us, material things that have no matter in eternity, but that get us our eyes off of God and get our eyes on ourselves or things that satisfy ourselves. And for all of this time, Satan has been working hard to disrupt and destroy mankind. All these wicked pleasures that he puts in front of us. How many homes he's destroyed. How many lives have been given over to the things of this world because of the temptations that he's placed in front of us. How many relationships have been destroyed. How many people battle addictions. crime, the racism, rebellion, the evilness that you see. Honestly, this past week, I've gotten to the place where it's so difficult to turn on the TV set and watch the news. It's getting to the place where you see that mankind is just brutal toward other mankind. I see videos of people videoing while they're hurting other people. How many of you remember not long ago the knockout game? One person would have a video camera, another person would walk up behind somebody and punch them in as hard as they can just to see how if they could knock them out. Perfect stranger. They'd knock someone out on the ground, they're staying, laying there cold and hurt, cold, just, just passed out and hurt, and they think it's funny. Bullying, being unkind, seeing, saying unkind things, just laughing, knowing that you're hurting another human being. Physically abusing someone. The children of this earth getting abused by people that are supposed to love them. Satan has a stronghold in this earth. Satan is thinking that he's winning. This world is going, spiraling out of control faster and faster, I think, than it ever has. And we say, how far can this go? It seems like sin is winning. It seems like all the world is losing their mind. It seems like what was once wrong is now right. What's happening to this world? I want you to know that one day, Jesus Christ, he's coming again, and he will triumph over the Antichrist. He will triumph over the false prophet, and he will triumph over Satan himself. The Bible in Revelation 19 says this, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. 
These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. I like this verse, and I like that one word right in the middle of this word, this uh, verse, cast. Oh, listen to me. They didn't have a choice. Satan doesn't have a say. He's going to, Jesus is going to come and he's going to take, it reminds me of like a dad and a little child. That little, that dad can walk up to that child and pick him up and that little child can shake and, you know, kick his feet and, and wail his hands, but he's not bigger and stronger than the dad. And that dad can just take him and just kind of toss him. And that's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to grab Satan by his collar and grab him by the, by the uh, back of his pants and he's going to take him. He's going to cast him in the lake of fire. He is going to triumph. He's going to take the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be cast in the lake of fire. He's going to take the beast. He's going, to, he's going to take that false prophet. He's going to be cast in the lake of fire. And Satan himself, who thinks he's mightier than God, Satan himself, who thinks he has a chance against Christ, Satan himself, who thinks that he's going to rule and reign, he's going to find out for the last time and the final time that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is victorious, and Jesus is going to take him and cast him into the lake of fire. Amen. That was perfect timing. Amen and amen. These both were cast alive in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Listen to me this morning. Scripture is replete with promises of this glorious day when Jesus will come in fiery judgment and he's going to come and establish his kingdom here upon this earth. And so the Bible talks about the appearance of Christ. In Revelation 19, 11, and 12, John wrote this. And I saw John wrote the book of Revelation. He was on the Isle of... Uh, 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 he was, he was there imprisoned, and he's there on the island. He is writing, penning as the Holy Spirit of God is showing John what the future looks like. This is John looking into the future. He's seeing these things unfold. John said, I looked and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Oh, write those, underline those words. Who did he see? John sees one that's called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a, with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. Now, I thought it was kind of ironic that John is the one that's penning these words. John sees into heaven. He sees the heavens open. He sees this one with a white horse. He sees this one sitting on this white horse. And his name is called Faithful and True. Who is this? This is John. Remember, John, this is the Apostle John who's writing. He's been exiled. He's writing here this, this revelation as it's being revealed unto him. He sees this one on a white horse. His name is Faithful and True. Who is this man, Faithful and True? It's ironic that it's John that's writing this. John goes on to say, this is the one. He's righteous. He doth judge, and he makes war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns. And so we see the appearance of Jesus, we, or we see this appearance of one, 
that's called faithful and true. We see the one he's wearing many crowns. There's a name written and John says, no man knew it, but he himself. His clothes were dipped, his vesture dipped in blood. And then John reveals, he says this, and his name is called the word of God. Oh, listen to me, it's the same John back in John chapter one, verse one, who says this, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. John is telling us who this one is, who is the one that's faithful and true? What is his real name? Who is this man? This man is Jesus. How do we know? Because John knows who Jesus was. John wrote of this one. John wrote in his his, uh, 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 epistle, he wrote of this one Jesus Christ. In the gospel of John, he said, this is the one, he is the word, he was with God. He is God. That same John is the one that says there's one called faithful and true. He's coming on this white horse. He's the one we read of in Revelation 19. Who is this one? It's Jesus Christ. Listen, let no man fool you. It is Jesus. He is the son of God. It's not another prophet. It's not another human being. It's not another religion. It's all about Jesus. And it is Jesus that's coming again and coming the second time. In Revelation 6, 14 in verse 16, uh, 14 and 15, we see the description of Jesus of Christ's appearance. Now, even at this time, still breathing out blaspheme is against God for his judgment on the tribulation. All of the armies of the earth have come and they've assembled for this battle of Armageddon. Think about this. The Antichrist has this world so fooled that all of the armies of this world have gathered together thinking they're going to destroy and defeat Jesus. And they gather all of their armies into this plane. But when God Almighty, he rolls back the heavens, the rebels catch a glimpse of who Jesus is. They're standing here ready for this army, ready for this battle to take place. God rolls back heaven. Jesus is seen triumphantly riding on a white horse with an army of saints in his train. Their rage is going to turn to sheer terror. The description of Christ's appearance, John writes it in Revelation 6, 14 and 15. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of these of, of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? We're going to find where mankind who once rebelled against God, one mankind who once blasphemed God, mankind who once thought they were mightier than God, that believed the Antichrist that rejected the Messiah. One day it's coming that Jesus Christ is going to come and all mankind is going to see this day and they're going to fear God finally for who he is. Jesus saith unto him in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, contrast to the false Christ or the antichrist as we know him as who's deceived the world during the tribulation revelation 19:11 identifies the one as true and faithful 
Christ proclaimed this about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Christ is proclaiming about himself that he is the true and he is the faithful. When Jesus Christ appears in the heavens, no one is going to question this claim about who Jesus is. Although millions wish they had believed sooner, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let there be no mistake. Jesus, the one that's talked of coming again, it is Jesus. It is Jesus, the Messiah. It's Jesus, the true and the faithful. It's the word. The Bible says in Psalm chapter Psalm chapter 2, verse number 9, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Psalm chapter number 2 identifies one who would rule as a king over all kings. Psalm 2, the, the psalmist is prophesying of this one king who is going to rule with a rod of iron, the one that's going to dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. He's, he's prophesying of the king over all kings, the king over all kingdoms. He prophesied of that one who's going to wield that rod of iron. I want you to go to Revelation 19 and 15 and look there with me. When Christ returns at his second coming, he will hold this rod of iron, identifying himself as the king of kings. John writes again in Revelation, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with what? A rod of iron. Just like the Old Testament uh, psalmist wrote, there's going to be one. He is going to rule the kingdoms of the earth. He will be the king of all the kingdoms. He will be the king of all kings. And how will we know it? He will have a rod of iron and with that rod of iron, he will dash them into pieces. We find Revelation 19 speaking once again of Jesus. He comes and guess what Jesus Christ is holding? He's holding that rod of iron and he treadeth the winepresses of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. We find in the Old Testament the prophets describing who this Jesus is, who this Messiah will be. We find in the New Testament the description of what Christ will look like and what he'll be holding. And we have Jesus himself prophesying that I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have John saying, I saw the true and faithful and his name was the word of God. And oh, don't forget, I've already introduced you to the word of God. His name is Jesus. He's the one that was born of a virgin. He was the one that was born Jesus of Nazareth. He was the one that came to seek and to save sinners that were lost. He came to heal the sick. He came to help the blind to see. He came and caused the deaf to hear. He came and caused the lame to walk. You've rejected him and you've crucified him, but I lift him up. I exalt his name and I point all men to him, the one you're looking for, the true and the faithful, the one that holds the rod of iron, the one that's going to be king of kings, the one that's going to be Lord Lord of Lords, his name is Jesus, and he's coming again. We can't deny it. The story is told of Queen Victoria worshiping at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle. After she heard a message of the second coming of Christ, she approached the chaplain. She said to the chaplain, oh, how I wish the Lord would come during my lifetime. The chaplain with questioned her, said, why does your majesty, your, your majesty feel this very earnest desire? Because the queen answered, if I, sh if I sh lived when he returned, I should so love to lay my crown at his feet. 
listen to me this morning, those who rule on earth when Christ returns, they, have, they will have already mistakenly pledged their loyalty and laid their crowns at the feet of the Antichrist. But when Jesus Christ, he comes, it's going to be with great horror that they behold the faithful and the true king, and he will be wearing many crowns. The Antichrist will be wearing a crown, the Bible says, but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will be wearing many crowns. John reminds us again, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. For him dwelleth all fullness of the Godhead bodily. This is Jesus Christ. Revelation 19.13, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Listen, the description of Christ's appearance for those who have rejected him and have taken the mark of his enemy, the Antichrist, but his appearance will be awesome. For those who have trusted Christ as their Savior and rejoice to see his victory, this description should awaken our senses to the holiness of our God. It's Jesus that John speaks of. It's Jesus who's coming again. Oh, listen to me today. If you're putting your hope in something else or someone else other than Jesus Christ, you're putting your hope into something that's false. The church won't save you. Only Jesus will. A prophet, a good man won't save you. Only Jesus will. Religion won't save you. Only Jesus will. All through the Bible we hear we read, it's confirmed that Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? Are you ready? There's a great battle called the Battle of Armageddon. And this, this afternoon, this morning, I've just set the stage. And next week, we're going to get into this battle. But Jesus Christ is coming. Before it's too late, if you trusted him? Are you putting your faith in something outside of Jesus Christ? Would you, reject, would you accept him today? Those of you that are saved, those of you that know Jesus Christ as your Savior, are you living for him? As I said in the beginning of the service here, you know what we do on Sundays? We just practice for heaven. Listen, you might as well get to know each other and like each other. Because you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You know what, husbands and wives? Might as well start getting along now. You know what I hope Jesus does? I hope he puts his mansions right next to each other. Yeah. Might as well get along now. Kids, parents, you might as well get along now. Jesus is coming again. Listen to me, we're not playing games. This isn't a joke. Yeah, the world is getting worse. Mankind is going insane. Hatred, violence, racism, crime, death, murder, rape, incest. Oh, it's all around us. It's wicked. It's horrible. But Jesus is coming again. Be sure your sin will find you out.
He's coming again. Are you ready? 